Oh, good morning, church. Happy Easter. Happy Easter Sunday, or as we should say, Happy Resurrection Sunday. I know, I know we've said it for years and years and years, and it never gets old for me, to be honest with you. I love it. And as we always say, every day is Resurrection Sunday for us who are Christians, uh, which is actually a marvelous truth that we need to carry with us forward beyond just today. Hey, who's enjoyed Sunday so far? I don't know. It's just been amazing. It's been a really powerful few moments. And in particular, that video really stood out to me about I, well, for starters, I don't think I've ever heard a, a poem written by Barabbas. Um, but the way it ended with, with that identity, I am beloved. I am beloved. Talk about, you know, identity. Talk about who you say I am. Who you say I am. And Jesus is saying, that we are beloved. That's pretty special. Well, look, we're continuing a series today on the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes, just to summarize real quick, was basically Jesus' first big public sermon, his first public statement where he got out there and he really laid it out about what he stood for. And so each week we've been looking at one of the sayings of Jesus, one of these Beatitudes. And you could be forgiven for thinking they're like, it's almost like poetry, it's almost like reading Proverbs. But each statement is so pithy and so deep. It's worth us sort of pondering and thinking through and, and learning from. So this particular Sunday, which we'll switch things around a tiny bit, um, to focus on this particular uh, beatitude, which says this, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. I don't know about you, but... I'm not particularly merciful a lot of the time. True confessions here. You know, when you're driving along and someone cuts in front of you and you don't feel merciful thoughts, do you? I'm thinking to myself, you can't just come along and push in in front of me. I've been queuing up like everyone else. I deserve to be in this spot. So I will resolutely not let them look at me. I'll keep my eyes forward because I'm a good driver and I'm focused on the road, everyone. And they're like in the other window, please let me in for the love of God. You know, I just want to get in. No, no, I'm going to be late for work if I let you in. It's going to be another three seconds. You know, a funny thing happened to me. We have down in Denmark for a few days just before Easter. And on Saturday, every shop was shut except this one cafe. So I, Christian and I just decided, let's go for a coffee. Let's have a coffee. And and so I went to open the doors of this cafe, and yeah, sure enough, there's a queue of people uh, winding out the door waiting for a coffee. I thought, oh, well, here we go. I lined up, and then the next minute, this little old lady wanders in. Actually, she wasn't a little old lady. She was a big lady, big old lady, which doesn't sound as nice already, so it's helping my story. She comes in, and she doesn't stand behind me like people queue. She stands just kind of next to me, but like half a step in front of me. What's going on with that? So being the good Christian that I am, I, I inched forward just a little bit in front of the lady who was in front of me. So there was, you know, it was getting pretty close. There was only centimeters between me. But the funny thing happened was as I inched forward, she inched forward as well. Like what's going on here? And so as this really slow cue, I had so much time to repent in my heart because this queue was so long and I was waiting so long for my coffee. And 
See, I've been preparing for this sermon about mercy. So this, this conversation was playing out, an argument really was playing out in my head about, hang on a minute, you've been learning about mercy. Shouldn't you actually, you know, let this lady in? Because surely, you know, Christ is merciful and we need to be merciful. But I was like, nah, she's not, she's not getting in. Actually, I was like, okay, 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 I'll, I'll let her in. We get close to the cashier and all of a sudden she turns around and says, oh, I'm not quite sure if I'm in front of you or behind me. And i like, you're behind me. i like, <laughs> I had my George Costanza moment. Get to the back of the line. You know where you belong. So look, I'm a human like everybody else. Um, no mercy whatsoever. Um, but I want to ask the question today, why is it? Why is it that we choose to not be merciful? We don't want to be merciful so much of the time. So I want to tell you a story that's in the, in the New Testament about a guy who just was not merciful and his dad who really was merciful and just learning. Maybe we can learn a few things from this story. So you guys know the story of the prodigal son. In fact, some people rename it. They don't call it the prodigal son anymore. They call it the story of the good father, the story of the merciful father. Um, but the story goes that a son goes to his dad and he says, Look, dad, um, can you give me my share of the inheritance right now and I'm going to go and do what I need to do with it? Highly irregular, not the right thing to do. Um, but the dad, crazily enough, agrees. So he gives... This particular son, half of everything he had, he gives it to his son. And his son goes off to enjoy himself with that money. And it says that he goes off and he parties and he has prostitutes. And he just has a wild time enjoying himself with all that money until it's all run out. And then it says, and then a, a uh, what's the word? A, um, a famine. There's a famine in the land and all of a sudden all his money's gone. And he finds himself destitute. He's got nothing left. And he gets a job as a pig herder. So he's like giving the pigs the pig swill every day. That's the only job he could get hold of. And it says that he was so hungry, he was like licking his lips as he saw the, the pig swill going, going to feed the pigs. Like, oh, if only I could have some of that pig swill, it would be okay. So he get himself to that point. And it says in, in the story, it's found in Luke 15, that ultimately he comes, there's a point where he comes to his senses. He realizes and he says to himself, hang on a minute, even my, my dad's servants do better than this. Even my dad's servants get a, you know, three square meals a day just working on the land. Why don't I go back to my dad, tell him that I did it all wrong and maybe he'll give me a job as a servant. So he wanders back and he goes back to his dad and it says that even as his father sees him in the distance, that he runs to greet the son and he's gives him an embrace, he hugs him and he calls his servants, he put on my finest robes on him, put the family ring back on him so everyone knows that he's my son. Bring him back in, let's kill the fatted calf, let's have a big celebration and delight in what's just happened because my son who was lost to me is back again. But there's a, another little part to the story which is the, the other son. The other son is out there in the field working hard and he comes in and he hears the sound of all the celebration going on and he's just not happy 
about what's happening with this course of events, how the, the son has been welcomed back in without any question. So I'm going to use this story for us to learn about why we're just not that merciful, or why we struggle um, with mercy. The first, my first point is this, is that mercy is expensive. Mercy is expensive. You know, you have a family over for dinner, and one of their kids knocks over a precious vase in your, in your living room. And what do we normally say when that happens? It was nothing. Of course, it was nothing. And, and the kids go, oh, great. No, it was nothing. Awesome. And they get on with their running around. Um, but you and the parents know that it was nothing is not true, right? Because it was nothing actually is a something. Because it means that you need to go out the next day to the shops and buy yourself another vase. So that act of mercy actually costs you something. Mercy is expensive. You know, for the father in this story, it was expensive for him because he was forgiving his son half of all that he had. All of that wealth just didn't come back when the son came back. That was gone forever. From the, from the son's perspective, killing that fatted calf was expensive. I'm sure he was saying to himself, we can't just go around killing fatted calves all the time, can we? Fatted calves just don't grow on trees. I mean, that I just can't go out and get myself a fatted calf anytime I feel like it. He was realizing there's an expense there. And I think that's okay for us to feel the weight of what mercy actually is. The second point where we struggle is that we feel that mercy is not deserved. We feel like, yes, it's got value, and because it's got value, it needs to be appreciated. If I'm going to show mercy to someone, I want them to appreciate my mercy. We want them to realize, hey, this is something that costs me. You've got to understand. We want to see it like, we want to see it transactional. We want to see a transaction take place. Just like when you went to buy that expensive Easter egg last week, and uh, you know, you hand over the $10 and they give you back the Easter egg. By the way, if you go back on Tuesday for an Easter egg, there won't be $10 anymore, will they? Will it be like, in the bargain bin for a dollar? By the way, I've got an Easter egg joke. Anyone want to hear it? <laughs> what did Jesus say when he was on the cross to the disciples? He said, don't eat my Easter eggs because I'm coming back in three days and I want to eat them. But we, but we think there are, we understand that there's a value. <laughs> you like that one? Now I've lost my place. <laughs> now here's the son's perspective. I'm going to read to you from Luke 15. The son said, Look how many years I've stayed here serving you. Never, he's talking to his dad. I've stayed here serving you, never giving you one moment of grief. But have you ever thrown a party for me or my friends? Then this son of yours, who has thrown away your money on whores, oh, it just escalated, throws up and you go all out with a feast. Can you relate to that sort of response? I know that I can relate. I want my mercy to, to be appreciated. And sometimes I'll prejudge if they're going to appreciate my mercy before I dish it out. 
I go, no, 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 no. I don't think they're going to appreciate what I'm about to do. So therefore, I'm not going to show mercy. And that was certainly what the son didn't want to do. And this is my final point about mercy or why we struggle with it so much. And the third point is that we've lost perspective. We've lost, so easy to do, but we've lost perspective. I want to show you a photograph. It's a photograph of uh, planet Earth from the surface of the moon. This is a famous photo that actually is about 50 years old. So when, the, when they all, I guess, went to the moon and they took a photograph of the Earth from outer space, from the surface of the moon. And it's so interesting to look down at the earth and to gain that perspective. And all of the struggles of the people that are on that planet, running around, doing what they do, the, the difficulties, the challenges they face, whatever they're going through, all of a sudden gains a lot of perspective when you can step back and look at it from a distance. And that's what we really need to do is gain a little bit of perspective. Isaiah 40 verse 12 describes God this way he said who else has held the oceans in his hand who has measured off the heavens with his fingers who else knows the weight of the earth or has weighed the mountains and hills on a scale he's describing a god that actually is holding the universe in the palm of his hand a god that's so big that's so great that's so magnificent that the earth, in fact, not just the earth, but the whole universe, he could cup it in his hand. Talk about perspective. This is the God that we've talked about today, that we've celebrated and sung about today, who was willing to send his only son to die on a cross, to live like one of us on that earth, on that tiny little planet earth, to live a life just like one of us, humbled himself, like a human being, humbled himself, who was God, who is God, who decided to become just a man because he understood that we were worth dying for. He wanted to see us reunited. He was willing to pay the price that would bring us back into that relationship again. As we go back to the story the, f- the son is irate and he's angry and he's, he's upset and he thinks that his brother doesn't deserve the mercy that the father is giving to him. And the father says back to his son, he's trying to give him perspective. He says, son, you don't understand. You don't understand. You just don't get it, do you? You don't understand. You're not seeing things the way that I see them. You're not getting it the way that I understand it. He said, you're with me all the time. And everything that's mine is yours. But this wonderful time, but this is a wonderful time. And we had to celebrate. This brother of yours was dead and he's alive. He was lost and he's found. The father's perspective was different to the son's. The father wasn't all about looking at the the sins that the son had committed. He wasn't stacking it up like, well, hang on a minute. You've done this and you've done this and you've done this. We've got to make retribution. We've got to make sure that you pay it off. 
His first concern is not about paying it back. His first concern and delight is that my son who was lost, who was far from me, has now come back and is part of the family again. That is more important. Can you get some perspective today? Can you understand the the greatness of his love? The enormity of his love? You know, John 3.16, many of us would know this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that anyone who believe in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. I, my mind still struggles to comprehend the greatness of that love, the willingness to sacrifice, the willingness to give mercy without an expectation of something in return. I think as Jesus was standing there delivering those beatitudes, saying, blessed are the merciful, there was a weight to it because he knew that in a few short years, he would be sacrificing his body for those people around him, for those people who at best probably didn't even care if he died, at worst were celebrating the fact that he was being crucified. And yet he did it willingly. He did it with a, with a joy because he wanted humanity to be joined to him. He wanted to find that communion again with us, with you and for me. That's an incredible thing that he's done for us, people. So look, I want us to pray. We're going to close in a couple of minutes. But before we do that, I want us just to pray. So we're just going to have a moment, a little bit of a moment with God. So let's just close our eyes and bow our heads for one second. And I want to pray for two groups of people today. And I guess I want to ask you that question. Have you allowed life to kind of get in the way so that you're, you're relating to that older brother today? And maybe like life has got on top of you and you just become a little bit cynical. Just a little bit jaded about it all. And so your willingness to give mercy seems to have come to an end, come to a stop. As, as I've been sharing this, you're saying, yep, that's me. I, I just need to change the way that I'm living. And if, you, if that's you, if you identify with that, I'm not going to ask anybody to come out the front. But maybe just to acknowledge that you want, you want God to do a work in your heart to become a more merciful person. So if that's you today, would you just lift up your hand real quick? can pray a prayer thanks guys is there anybody else who identifies with that older brother thanks guys thank you i see your hands would you pray this prayer with me guys lord god we just we come before you Lord God, we get so caught up in our own world. We, we get so caught up in what we think we deserve. And we've lost perspective. And Lord, I just pray that today you open our eyes to see you. You open our eyes to understand the greatness of your mercy toward us. 
so that we in turn can learn to be merciful people. We in turn can reach out with mercy, reach out with love. The sort of love that doesn't ask for something in return or demand something in return. Would you help us, Lord God, to step out with that sort of love? To change the world, Lord, with that sort of love. Thank you, Father. I want to pray for one more group of people before we finish today. And that's for those who identify with that son who was, who was far away and maybe wandered away and had come back, maybe fearing retribution, maybe fearing judgment, maybe fearing being rejected, being pushed back, being pushed out of the family for good. But the promise from God is not that at all. He doesn't judge us. He doesn't come to con condemn us. But He welcomes us. He wants us to be back in the family again. He wants us to be home again. He wants you to be home again with your Father. So if there's anybody today who you know, I want to be back I want to be back with my father again. I want to be back with him. I know that's the safe place for me. Just while we've got our heads bowed right now, is there anybody who just wants to make that commitment today to say, yes, that's me. I want to be back in the arms of my father. Just while we've got our heads bowed right now. Anybody want to make that decision for the first time? Or maybe you've been far away and you want to come back. You know what it's like to be with Him, but you've, you've wandered away and you just want to get back there. I want to tell you today that His arms are always open. They are always open. He wants you to be with Him. He wants you to be walking with Him, enjoying what family life is supposed to be like.